Action right now, coming up 19 away from 6. Debating the big stories of today. The Huddle with snowballeffect.co.nz. High growth investing made simple. On the huddle with me this evening, got Ali Jones, Red PR Community Board Member, and also Georgina Stiliano, Director of Government Relations Firm BRG. Hi, you two. Hello. Ali, um, this is a shambles, isn't it? Well, the train business. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, look, I've heard John Reeves speak a couple of times, and I hope that, I mean, he's a little, he's a little Georgian, isn't he? Um, I can't <laughs> understand why it is so Negative. I get the I get the issue about disruption. My God, we've seen it in Christchurch for the last ten years mm. with cycle lanes going in and roads. The point is surely that there isn't a good enough uh, substitute for the train at the moment, right? So it's the issue surely about bus drivers, and I know there's a bus driver shortage and the mm. buses themselves. So don't we look at where there's some common ground here? And if buses can be provided and they are in the right places and they're frequent enough and there are enough of them. Problem solved, surely. Yeah, but where are you going to find the warm bodies, Ali? Nobody can find warm bodies. Like, th- th- Let's be honest about it, okay? We, we, we don't live in la-la land. We live in actual New Zealand, and there are no bus drivers, and it's not going to okay, be solved so by next year. Then? What do we do, Heather? The we can't do anything, Ali. This is coming at us. We just have to live with it. Yeah, but the rock foundations under the train tracks have to be replaced. So what do you That's do? That's right. Do it just like you said. No, you on. have to do it. You have to do it. Mm. Well, you've got don't to you? the bus drivers. I, I don't care. Pay, pay them a huge amount of money. <laughs> this is... Numbers. George, this is the problem, isn't it? You have to deal with the train tracks. You absolutely have to. You're not going to be able to find bus drivers. Aucklanders need to steal themselves that the next three years while this happens is going to be so bad. I bet you there are advisors in the beehive right now absolutely scrambling for an option B, C, D through to Z than this option. Because it's not only the antithesis of the of what the government is trying to achieve in terms of modal shift, but the optics of having those two lines out for months in an election year, I think is going to be a little bit too much for the government to swallow. So, yes, we're in a catch-22. Yes, the work needs mm. to be done. But I don't think that they will want to burn political capital in our biggest George, city. George, I think, George, you're on to something here because here's the difficulty as well, right? As a driver, when I'm in Auckland, I drive. I, I've caught the trains. I don't have a problem with the trains. I love the trains, right? But I drive. So what's going to happen is I'm going to be sitting there on the roads feeling grumpy about the fact that for the, fa- for, for the last five years, Michael Wood and Phil Twyford and Grant Robertson have cancelled all the roading that we needed in Auckland, right? So it suddenly becomes an electoral election problem, doesn't it? Yes, but I mean, on the flip side, Auckland's had a lot of investment in public transport. I mean, I'm sitting here in Wellington mm. and it's enviable the amount of money that Auckland has had in, in recent years. So I, I think that, yes, you're, you're right, but to have those, those two lines out, I just do not think is going to be a palatable or politically palatable option at all. I think they'll be, they will be calling in AT and Kiwi Rail and banging their heads together and saying, right, chap. This ain't going to fly. Yeah, we'll see how this plays out, actually. It's going to be quite fascinating. George, it's a very good point. Nelly, thank you for that. We'll take a break with the huddle, come back, talk about the Rainbow Room. I think this is this this might have some problems for us, mightn't it? Right, you're back with the huddle, Georgina Stiliano and Ali Jones. George, it, seriously, you've worked in Parliament for a long time. Was there no other room other than the Rainbow Room? You know, I take her at her word on that one. I really do. Although I saw Thomas Coughlin, a well-known journalist, tweeting all of the empty select committee rooms around um, around Parliament this morning. George, she, she's the um, Foreign Affairs Minister. She has a giant desk in her office. Well, the thing is, 
if we were sending a message, firstly, I don't know why she wouldn't have been overt around that. But also, yep. I actually think that's a good thing. You know, they're coming to, to our country. Pacific Islands have progressively decriminalised their stance on, on um, homosexuality and sexuality generally. The law in the Solomons is not enforced. Um, so I, I sort of just felt it was just, there, there clearly was an undertone there. But as for why we didn't make that a little bit more overt and say the, the, the pain of the nuance that she's now had to try to, to quash, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, Ellie, I'm not unhappy about it, are you? No, I think she's clearly got new writers. This is some of her best work, and good on her. <laughs> I mean, if you here's the question though: Is it okay? Because we've got a, quite a few texts of people quite angry with us for saying that it was okay for for us to say to the Solomons, or even suggest to the Solomons that our point of view was worth listening to, and, and I guess it's being framed as you know, like imposing our our values on them. Is that okay, Ellie? No, because from what I heard when I heard it in the news is that was the position that was put on the table and then there were further discussions and common points of um, common position was found and that's what was developed from it. You don't go to a negotiation with your final point. You put down what you want to say and then you work from there. Um, there is a suggestion from the OECD, George, that we have too many uh, too many degrees. I mean, if you have a look at the, the, the 25 to 34-year-olds, 45% of them have degrees. Is that too many? Yes, I think so. And, and I've got to say, I found that actually quite surprising. I mean, we've seen so much news lately about declining literacy and numeracy rates. Clearly, overall educational performance of our young people, I think it's two in five kids that are failing or barely scraping by literacy standards. Um, I think that naturally there's going to be a bit of a drop-off there in the, in, in the coming decade as, as, as those kids are leaving but w- w- the, it's not the be all and end all anymore um, and I know loads of people who didn't go to university and I would look at them when I was a, a, a lowly journalist getting paid $32,000 in, in Christchurch. Ali you'll remember that. Thinking, I do. Why did I go to uni? <laughs> so, yeah, I think we need way stronger career pathways presented to, to school leavers, and it's, it's frankly just a bit of a waste of time. Ali, are employers just expecting kids nowadays to have degrees, even if it isn't of any value? I've heard that being voiced, and I don't think that is the case. I, I do agree with what Georgie's saying, but I, you know, I cannot believe, I hope that, that employers are looking at people uh, and the skills that are needed, the type of person that they are. I, I, I wonder whether getting a degree, though, is not just about getting a degree. Isn't it almost uh, about growing in confidence, seeing what you want to study or what you're interested in, mm. and if you don't, then move on to something else? I do think there needs to be more support for um, non-academic uh, subjects, if you like, you know, I'm thinking about our son and how perhaps he would be in a much more or in a much better position now and more confident as a young man if he'd had a lot of the options he didn't. You know, going and doing some uh, work in a garage somewhere, non-academic stuff. I just don't think there's enough of that choice for particularly mm. boys, but also girls at high school. Yeah, George, where do you where do you stand on voice messages? Do you hate them or do you use them? Hate. Hate, Why? Hate, Why? It really bugs me. And I, I mean, I'm probably going to annoy people, but I do think it's an age thing. I feel like younger people will get the voicemail tone and just hang up and send a text message. The, 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 the no, no, that- no, no, George, no, no, no. Not voicemail, because everybody hates voicemail. Nobody uses voicemail. Voice oh, you messages. Like the- you know, when oh, you hold the, the phone memos, up. To- the voice yes. memos. Yes. Yes. 
Big fan. Totally okay. change of tune there. Thank you. It's That's more like it. It's in my yeah, absolutely. And it's um, it's a, it's emotive, which is 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 awesome. It, it saves you having to do so much typing with your thumbs. Yeah, and you can, you can just tell a real yarn on one of them. Totally. You know, it's like a storybook. Ellie, I feel you. Yeah, the only reason I like them is the only person who does them is our daughter, and I love hearing her voice. you're such a softie aren't you good on you guys it's good to talk to you Georgina Stelliano Director of Government Relations Firm PRG uh, BRG rather and Ali Jones Red PR and Community Board Member so apparently the problem with them is I've talked to I think it's the young ones who don't like the voice memos Um, they say that okay so here's why I like them and I'll explain to you why they don't like them I like them because you don't have to leave a voicemail that you know no one's ever going to listen to right so there you go but then it's too long to text so it just gives you the option of talking into your phone and then sending it off to them they don't like it says producer Laura who's about 12 years old because she doesn't have the time to listen to it she says I'm being lazy by not texting things out and she doesn't want to have to listen to it I might remind you these memos are about one minute long. She doesn't have the time to listen. That's what's going on here. It's the young people not wanting to have the time to listen to the voice memo.